previously on Murder in Alliance. The murder of a mother of five in her own home stunned the small town of Alliance, Ohio. 26-year-old Yvonne Lane found in a pool of her own blood. This case is filled with sex, secrets, and surprises. The attack grabbed headlines as police hunted for a killer. I was shown a photo of Joseph Wilkes. It was not the man I saw leaving the residence of Nancy's. What motivated them to give false statements? Did the system convict the wrong men? Pretty much dead in the water. We need new evidence. This is Murder and Alliance, an active investigation into who killed Yvonne Lane. I'm Maggie Freeling. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the case, the mystery, the intrigue, the scandal, it's important to set the scene. The town of Alliance, Ohio, and Stark County will play a huge role in this story. And of course, the relationship between David and Yvonne will too. So to start, we're going to go all the way back to Cleveland, Ohio, on December 20th, 1972, the day David Thorne was born. Hi, is this Priscilla? Yes, it is. This is David's mom. What was David like as a kid? Just, can you describe him? <laughs> the way to describe David is uh, he, he didn't like to cut grass only when he was getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an all-around good kid. David was raised in a trailer in Ravenna, a town just a half hour away from Alliance. Ravenna's population is half the size of Alliance and pretty rural. David's dad was in the military and was often not home. He had done tours in Vietnam, and once he was home, he didn't like civilian life, so he re-enlisted. Priscilla was left to take care of David on her own, but she also had to make a living and was a long-haul truck driver, so she was often gone for weeks at a time. Yeah, I was a semi-driver over the road. I went to Canada and back. Wow. Yeah, that was my vacation was paid. <laughs> so David wound up spending a lot of time with Priscilla's parents, his grandparents, who looked after him while both his parents were gone. And then when he was five, the course of his life changed. David's dad was dealing with a lot of issues from his time in war. Uh, you know, he was in there, Agent Orange. He went in after Agent Orange, and he was always telling them he had headaches and that. And they said nothing was wrong with him. And, um, you know, he had bad headaches. And, and he committed suicide. He called me before he committed it. Oh, my gosh. What did he say? He, he talked to me for quite a few hours. He was more or less just questioning everything, like they don't really have friends. And, you know, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't himself. And then and then he told me, he says, I'll be home Saturday. And he says, don't worry, I'll be home. And that was, then he went out in the car and shot himself. It took me tw over 20 some years to be able to say that without crying. Afterwards, family life started to spiral. 
David's mom was dating and found herself in bad, abusive relationships. And finally, Priscilla's parents took custody of David. He went on to live with them when he was six, and they eventually raised him. He moved to Atwater to live with them about 15 minutes from Alliance. Growing up, he said he was a happy kid, and his home life became more stable with his grandparents, Ethel and David. I guess it would be... uh, (laughs) I would assume that she would kind of consider it kind of boring. I didn't really do much, worked, kicked it with a couple of the friends that I had, and we had... A pond. I used to fish, hunt. You could run ATVs out there and hunt or do whatever you want to do. So I would say David had a good life out there. This is David's Aunt Vicky, Priscilla's sister. David was always an animal lover. He was always gifted at humor. Even now when I see him in prison and we do our video visits and we visit, that guy, no matter how he's feeling, is always in good spirits and smiling and telling jokes. So David had a lot of friends. Vicky says David also had a strong work ethic. Although she says her parents spoiled him with cars and pets, he was always a hard worker. And he was very gifted at graphic art. So I think he could have made something of himself and had his own business had this whole situation not happened. So at around 17 in his junior year of high school, he switched to a trade school. He was studying printing. Printing trades? Yeah from offset printing to screen printing here. And that's where he met Avon Lane. Avon was born just two months before David, October 9th, 1972, to her parents, Tanya and Sherman Lane. She had two sisters and grew up in Alliance. Alliance is in the northeast corner of Ohio, near West Virginia and Pennsylvania. The closest major city to Alliance is Cleveland, about an hour away. Historically, Alliance was a manufacturing and railroad hub. You can still see remnants of this today. It's known as the Carnation City for the state flower. By the 1960s, the population peaked at about 28,000, but it has been declining since. At the time of Avon's murder, Alliance was home to 23,000 people, and about 20,000 of them were white. The medium income for a household in the city was 30,000 compared to the state at 56,000. It's also important to note that murders in Alliance are rare. On a bad year, you might see two homicides, but most years, the city saw one, if any. Yvonne's childhood is basically a mystery to me. Speaking with the family has been virtually impossible, and friends could really only speak about her in her older years. What I do know is that she grew up in a super religious Jehovah's Witness household with her two sisters. As Yvonne got older, she started to rebel a little and attract a lot of male attention. If you remember from the first episode I did on David, Yvonne was gorgeous, like model gorgeous. She had a Kelly LeBrock from the 80s feel about her with thick brown hair and pouty lips. At 16 in 1989, Yvonne had her first child, Anthony. And from what I understand, Anthony's father is a man named Jeff Stout. But it doesn't seem like he was much in the picture. Yvonne was young, and her parents wound up doing most of the caretaking and raising of Anthony. But Yvonne, now a mother, was looking to do something with her life. So she decided to go to trade school for cosmetology. And that's where she met 
David. David and Yvonne went to the same trade school. He says he had seen her around for years, and he was always struck by her looks. Of course, that's what attracted me to her in the first place. I'd just seen her at school, so whenever I talked to her, it was just in passing in the halls and that side. David says she was actually in class with the girl he was dating at the time. And for the record, David was also handsome and kind and caring. He had the cars, the looks, and personality. I'd say David was also a catch. To this date, over a year of researching David's case and talking to people about David, I have yet to come across one single person who had anything bad to say about David. Here's his mom again. I have not met or heard of one person who has something bad to say about him. I know. I mean, he was good with everyone. Yeah. Sometimes I thought too good, but, you know, that was him. And that goodness is how David wound up with Yvonne. Before his arrest, David worked making decals for restored cars at a place called Dale's Cuda Shop. What is a Cuda Shop? What does that mean? Dale's Cuda Shop. You have the old Chrysler Barracudas. Oh. The, uh, the, the top echelon of the car is a Cuda. It's like you have a Firebird, but the best of the Firebirds is the Trans Am. Yeah, so it's just a, just a word play. He was doing pretty well for himself, making money, and everything was on the right track. In 1995, years after vocational school, David says he was at an auto parts store with a co-worker. And that's where I had seen her again. By her, he means Avon. As soon as she come walking in, he just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and points. I was at the register getting in line, getting ready to buy something. And I turned back and I looked and I recognized her, but I couldn't place her name because I knew that it was not a common name, but I couldn't remember it being that it was, I would say, five, five years later, six years later almost. So by the time we go out, she comes walking out and then it just dawned on me what her name was. So I said, Yvonne. And she looked over, and she goes, I didn't think you recognized me. And I told her, I said, I couldn't place the name there at first. It took me a second. And then she just kind of laughed, and we started talking from there. David says he fixed her car, and that's how the relationship started. David's Aunt Vicky remembers seeing them at family gatherings. I always thought she was very nice, very pretty. I can see why he fell in love with her. And you she know. seemed like she made him happy? I think she did. I really do. Yeah. I asked David to describe Yvonne. I don't know. I guess I would have to describe it almost just a social butterfly because she could pretty much talk to anybody. If, if you were in the garage working on something, she could talk to you and be knowledgeable about it. And her only big topics that she didn't want to talk about were politics and religion. I was into cars, so, you know, we went from swap meets to drag races to different track events. And I mean, she was, she was knowledgeable about it. I mean, she was into it. It wasn't like I was just forcing her hand and dragging her along on everything that the boyfriend wanted to do or anything. You know, but she could put on nice clothes. We could go anywhere. We could put on mud clothes and jump on the four-wheeler and go mud bogging. I guess her uh, hometown girl. 
What was she into? Like, what did she do? Like, what, you know, tell me, like, do you remember what maybe her favorite movie or TV show or music? Actually, her, her music was a pretty eclectic mix. She she listened to the majority was like country and rock. It was kind of dependent upon her mood or what she was doing. She was really hung up for a minute on Def Leppard, even though she said that, uh, that would show how old she was because she remembered whenever the drummer had both arms. By this time, she actually had three kids. Anthony is her first kid, who was in the custody of Yvonne's parents. I honestly thought that he was her brother, that maybe her parents had a kid, you know, later in life that they didn't actually intend on having because whenever we had gone over there, he'd, he'd call her sissy. Right. So I just... I just took it at face value that that was his sister, you know what I mean? Avon's second child is Preston, born three years after Anthony. She was a really good person. This is Preston. Yeah, she loved playing flowers. We did that a lot. We went for walks a lot. We played video games. Um, she was a terrible cook. <laughs> uh, she loved corny jokes. What would she make that was so bad? She made the world's best of... Uh, Bouncing eggs. They're like rubber. You could use those eggs as a super ball. Do you remember ever meeting David? Yeah, I've met him quite a few times. A couple times at the house, but mainly at his house. Oh, she would bring you guys over to his house? Yeah. Do you remember liking him or anything? Yeah, I thought he was a really cool guy. Um... He's always really nice to me. Sometimes would only hang out with just me. Mm. Um, he bought me some Christmas stuff before, or maybe it was a birthday present. That I can't remember which. That's another thing. If I can't remember, I'll tell you. Yeah. It was either birthday or Christmas, but he bought me a train set, and he set up downstairs in his basement, and um, he would let me punch a punching bag. He would show me some of his animals. Avon's third and youngest at the time was Vinny. Vinny was actually born with a rare genetic condition called Fragile X. It caused developmental delays, learning disabilities, and social and behavior problems. In fact, Yvonne was actually in the middle of a lawsuit against the Alliance City Hospital, claiming they cut off Vinny's air supply during his birth and caused the birth injuries. Yvonne wasn't working at the time, so this would have been much-needed money. She was receiving welfare, including Social Security, for Vinny's disabilities. Preston and Vinny allegedly have the same dad, Eric Cameron. But Eric was happy to be a dad to all three of them, including Anthony. And his mom, Linda, actually raised Vinny because of his disability. However, Yvonne was receiving disability checks for Vinny, even though she wasn't raising him. And that caused a lot of tension with Yvonne and Linda. At this point, Yvonne had been on and off with Eric for years, which ultimately led to the end of Yvonne and David's relationship. Yvonne and David only dated for about a year before Yvonne went back with Eric. He was the father of her two kids, and his mom was the caretaker of Vinny. Whenever she would go back, is at that time she was living between her parents' house and Linda's house, which was Eric's mom, because that's where he stayed with them. So it's easy to see why she was continually drawn back to Eric and his family, 
even though things were tense. David says Eric was continually interfering in their relationship, getting angry when Yvonne would take the kids out with David. And David even says that one time Eric destroyed one of his customers' cars that he was working on and says that was one of the last straws for him. So David understood the decision Yvonne was making for herself and her kids. You know, her and I didn't grow apart or anything like that. We got along great. Even though Yvonne and I weren't together, I mean, I still had... I still had a lot of love for her, you know, that's, that's the mother of my child. You know, she was somebody that I had dated for a while. So you have feelings, even if you break up, I think that's why people are so mean to each other when they break up is because they truly love them. And that's what makes the hurt that much more because you love them. And so when something happens that you guys break up, you kind of try to turn that switch off. And that's the only way to, to make everything bearable is to be angry with that person. And her and I never really had that because we weren't breaking up for what either one of us were doing. We were breaking up because of Eric, you know, and he was always going to be present because he was the father of her other kids. So, But by all accounts, Yvonne's relationship with Eric was not great. Eric and Yvonne had, um, they were good, but they had some bad qualities when they're together. This is Tracy, Eric's sister. Now, I want to pause for a second. At this point, Yvonne is around 24, has three kids with two different dads, and no one, especially me, is shaming her at all. I don't care how many people someone sleeps with or how many kids they have at what age. However, this does play into the investigation into her murder later on. So you guys had heard back then that she was sleeping with a lot of people. I mean, did Eric confront her about this? Yes, it's been it's been confronted. So uh, and that was a lot of the issues that she she actually cheated on him a couple of times. That's why we were questioning. By questioning, she means the paternity of Vinnie and Preston, whether or not they were actually Eric's kids. And these fights sounded like they got incredibly violent, maybe abusive. And I'm not saying he wasn't, but at the same time, it was both because she was hit. She hit Eric, too, quite a few times. She wasn't, it wasn't a one-sided thing. Yeah. It was both-sided. And I know you shouldn't talk about, you know, a person that's gone. But, you know, it was both-sided. Preston, who was just a little boy at the time, remembers the fights. I loved her. She was crazy, but I loved her. <laughs> she was definitely crazy. She had her psycho moments. It's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. She had a temper, but then she would type person out of the punch you in the face and bake your cake afterwards. David says he never saw any of that. David said they got along great and she was wonderful. He was never around anybody. He was always around pretty much just by ourselves. And I never seen her freak out towards anybody other than my dad, but me. There's a few times where she duct taped me to my bed and poured soda on me. He just left me there. There's been a couple times she's duct taped me. Like that I sounds said. kind of abusive. It definitely is. It's not just kind of. It's kind of twisted. Huh. But at the same time, then she would do things like 
it's like she would snap out of it and then she'd be like the nicest person in the world. <sighs> I don't know. It's kind of like she would just, just kind of lose her patience with me or something. So like, uh, one time she was talking on the phone and I kept trying to get her attention. Of course, you know, kids being kids, I kept pulling on her shirt to get her attention. She told me to stop and I didn't. So she punched me square in my nose and duct taped me. Wow. And she wasn't going to move her the duct tape until, I, until she was done with her phone call. These are shocking allegations that I had never heard before. While this is nearly impossible to confirm, I don't know why Preston would lie about his mom that he says he loved. And I don't know if they play into Yvonne's murder or not, but I had only ever heard from David that Yvonne was a great mom and a lovely person. But now I'm seeing a different side of Yvonne, and I'm wondering if she did piss someone off who may have wanted revenge. During one of their last breakups, Eric started seeing another woman. But because Eric's parents had Vinny, Yvonne was always there. Yvonne was always there. It kind of intervened with the relationship that Eric had with Sue because he was seeing Sue for a short time. I think it might have been right when Yvonne got uh, pregnant with David's little boy. Things were about to get much more complicated for Yvonne. In 1996, a few months after David and Yvonne broke up, Yvonne was back with Eric and David was seeing a woman named Amy. One day, David got a surprise phone call from Yvonne. She was pregnant again. And this time, she thought David was the dad. She asked me if I wanted her to have an abortion. I told her, I said, I don't know if the child is mine, but if the child is mine, I'm not paying for an abortion. That was pretty much the end of her not even talking for a minute. Then David gets another call from Yvonne a few months later. Yvonne called me up saying that she needed to go to the hospital. She felt that she was having a miscarriage. I told her that my car was a part that I was working on it, that if I was to come over and get her, I'd have to have my girlfriend bring me over. Surprisingly, Amy agrees to this. But like, what the hell? If I was Amy, I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Your ex-girlfriend is now pregnant with your baby. Like, what the hell is going on? Well, I mean, she knows that that was the girl that I dated prior. And I told her that she's saying that she's pregnant. And I don't know if she is for real. And I don't know if the child is mine. So we had already had that discussion. Okay. So, of course, she, she's not exactly happy with me. But that was the relationship that was before her. So it's not like you can really control that you know what I mean right so she goes she said like look I'm I'm only taking you because this might be your child so I'm not taking you because of anything else I'm only doing this and I ain't talking to her or whatever I said that's fine if she if she's bad we just gotta get her to the hospital no matter what so David and Amy go to Yvonne's house she comes out she starts arguing with Amy Amy was initially she was quiet sitting in the car but whenever she, whenever Yvonne came up and kicked the door, then Amy started yelling at her, and that's whenever Yvonne flicked the cigarette at her into the car. And that's where I, I scooped Yvonne up around her waist, carried her up to the steps, I set her down, I told her I'm leaving, her mom came out, and I, I went back to the car and, and left. Months go by before David hears from her again, and then November 9th, 
1996, the baby is born. And Yvonne calls David for a paternity test. I went over, I met her, I met him. And to be honest, upon seeing him, there was almost, there was no reason to even have the, uh, the DNA. From the moment David saw his son, Brandon, he knew he was his. I mean, he was mini-me. If you've seen him, yeah, if you've seen him at that time, that was, that was me at the same age. David did take a paternity test just to be sure, and as expected, Brandon was his son. And with this new responsibility of fatherhood, Yvonne wanted David to pay child support, which he says he had no problem doing. He wanted to support his son and be a good dad. At this point, David was 24 and ready for that responsibility. He had the job, the stability, and was looking forward to raising Brandon. David and Yvonne worked out an agreeable visitation schedule, and he and Brandon started to get to know each other. Can you tell me about that bond you guys had? Yeah, it was actually pretty instantaneous, because, I mean, as soon as I saw him, I mean, I recognized myself. But, you know, he was a little shy at first, but I'm a fairly outgoing person, so I didn't really let him just look at me. I just picked him up and kind of went from there. About two years later, by the time David was 26, he was taking Brandon on all kinds of adventures. To fish in his pond and hiking to show him all sorts of wild animals. Brandon loved animals, like deer and foxes. David says Brandon also loved coming to his house because David raised exotic animals, including a baby cougar named Harley. I personally only ever owned Harley, but I've had dozens of lion cubs and tiger cubs and other cougars and I had a multitude of snakes though myself that I had big bodied snakes the boas and pythons but Harley was the only big cat and I mean it's it's kind of odd to see you know a 135 pound cougar that's litter box trained I've seen a photo of Brandon David and Harley have you heard Fun of me. He put a he put a meme up. Said the original Tiger King. He goes bad hair. I had a mullet at the time, so he's like check, you know, Tiger check and everything. So he had my picture up there holding the Tiger Cub, and he was like the original. So yeah, I heard about it. David was still seeing Amy, who he says adored Brandon, even though the situation wasn't ideal for her. And from all accounts, David and Yvonne had a good relationship even if they were broken up and seeing other people. In fact, David says they were even talking about getting back together. I mean, you know, I was, I was young and like I said, she was pretty. We started talking and everything and, and yeah, we started kind of a relationship behind the scenes because I was still dating somebody. And Yvonne was technically still with Eric, although he was in prison on a crack cocaine charge. And so... You know, her and I became active again with each other. Her and I had kind of spitballed the idea about moving away to one aspect of moving out west and or going to the Florida and potentially Atlanta. And this is where David, being the nice guy that he was, comes into play. From an outsider's view and what family members have told me, it seems like Eric was the bad boy Yvonne couldn't quit. Whenever things got bad with Eric... Yvonne would look for stability with David, the sweet man with the good job and money. Well, David told me they were even talking about get, maybe getting back together and leaving Ohio yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. 
This is David's Aunt Vicky again. I had heard that, too. You did hear that. Okay. I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah, because I thought they were getting back together from what I was hearing. But Who were you, you hearing know, that from? Oh, I think it was from my parents. And actually, David was also helping Yvonne with her lawsuit. He says they had plans to go see an attorney in the coming days. It's the spring of 1999. Yvonne now has five kids. Anthony, 10. Preston, 6. Vinnie, 4. Brandon, 2. And Trenton, a baby. She says Trenton's father is again Eric Cameron. On the evening of March 31st, 1999, David went to his martial arts class. He had gotten into shoot fighting. Shoot fighting. Shoot, S-H-O-O-T. Okay. Like how a wrestler would shoot into your feet. Yeah. For a takedown, shoot fighting. David brought a lion cub to martial arts class to show it off. Then after class, he said he went to Amy's house for a little, dropped off the cub, and went to sleep at about 1 a.m. The next morning, he clocked into work at about 6.10 a.m. At 10.15, he took his lunch break. And pretty much as soon as he got back to work... All of a sudden, my boss's son come running into my room and he said that I need to get on the phone, that it was important that my grandfather was calling. So I, I get to the phone and whenever I'm talking to him, he's, he's telling me that she's dead. But he, he wasn't sobbing to the point that he was incoherent, but... You know, it was kind of in between breaths, so it was so hard to understand him. So I'm, I'm trying to get him to explain to me what happened because I'm, I'm hearing the words that he's saying, but they're just not making sense. And so then I, I, I told him to, you know, tell me what happened. And he said that she was murdered, that her mom had found her, that she was face down in a pool of blood. I, I, I wanted him to say that again, you know, to try to even fathom what the words were that he's saying to me. And then the realization of it. 26-year-old Yvonne Lane was dead. Coming up next time on Murder in Alliance. Found in a pool of her own blood. She said she was murdered, and I, I, I mean, you could have just knocked me over. I... Right now, they tell me it's a pretty bloody scene in there. So gloves and buoys on this one. It's that bad. I mean, there's just a massive amount of blood around her face. Like shock and awe. It's like as if it's not even real, like something has to be wrong. And then one day, I just lost everything, and I didn't care about life no more. And David knew about it, and he took advantage of me. Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the Unjust and Unsolved Patreon. It shows how much you care and helps us continue to tell these stories. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes, Q&As, and events as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and the more likely we're going to get tips and leads and the right ears will be reached. Murder in Alliance is produced and reported by me, Maggie Freeling, with editorial consulting from Amber Hunt. Aaron Case is our legal intern, and Bob Mallory is our engineering assistant. For more information and resources, go to murderinalliance.com. You can find Murder in Alliance on Twitter and Instagram at murder underscore alliance, and join the discussion on Facebook at Unjust and Unsolved Podcast discussion group. 
Murder and Alliance is a production of the Obsessed Network. You can find all their shows at obsessednetwork.com. <laughs>